there's also not such big returns either because your advantage will be eroded if you're successful. Someone will be watching you and copying you. Whereas going deeper into the branding and going down different platforms and different channels all at the same time gives you a much harder to replicate business model. So if somebody, it's a bit like when entrepreneurs turn up and won't tell the investor about their idea because they might copy it. Well, if somebody can copy it from hearing the idea in 30 seconds, it's not going to be much of a business. It's how you implement and execute and the competitive advantage you've got. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show, where we interview founders of fast-growing seven- and eight-figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2X their businesses, and inspire you to take action in your own online retail business today. And now, here he is, the man in the mix, Kunle Campbell. As an online retailer or supplier, you're well aware that accurate product content drives more sales. However, as your store starts to scale, the harsh reality is that maintaining product description content becomes more and more of a challenge to e-commerce teams. This is a problem Salsify solves. Salsify is a SaaS-based product content management platform built specifically for online retailers and brand owners. I recently took Salsify on a test drive, and here are the glaring advantages e-tailers stand to gain. First, your entire product catalog can be accessed by any department in a centralized hub. Then there's a workflow setup that ensures no fields go amiss when product data is published to multiple channels such as Amazon, your Google Merchants account, or just directly to your e-commerce store. Salsify tells you when it spots missing critical data across your product catalog. It's a flexible and robust product management platform I recommend if your store and brand products catalog changes often and if you publish to numerous channels. As a 2x e-commerce listener, you can get to trial Salsify for free at salsify.com forward slash 2x. That is S-A-L-S-I-F-Y dot com forward slash 2x. I'll leave more details and a link on this episode show notes. My, t- my guest in today's episode is called Sophie Howard. She's a mother of two and has sold over $1.5 million worth of products in the last 18 months on Amazon whilst having a full-time job. Um, she actually did this part-time before finally quitting her job a few months ago. She's a fellow Brit living in New Zealand and selling on Amazon um, in the US, EU and the UK. She sources her products from all over the world. Her newest Amazon venture is a premium brand of tea called Higher Tea. I invited her to this show to talk about her approach, her unique approach to selling on Amazon. She builds brands rather than chases, like chasing niches, you know. Her unique approach to understanding target markets and demographics enables her to create products tailored to these market segments. This show is, this particular episode is a great listen if you are skeptical to the approach, you know, a lot of um, Amazon courses preaching, you know, um, by, you know, asking students to 
research certain niches and you know you know chase certain certain um top selling products she has a really unique unique approach to actually building brands and understanding demographics that match a brand you built um rather than saturating markets um by chasing you know top selling products um her bet paid off as you could see she 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 did something phenomenal in just 18 months you know she 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 actually built a business bootstrapped a business to 1.5 million dollars in in 18 months and um she's just going to explain how she does it um it's as i said it's a really good episode so just brace yourself um be all ears in this one um uh, because this is really a great episode for the march amazon seller series um so yeah do have a great listen. This is a great listen, as I said, and here it goes. So I'd like to welcome Sophie Howard to the 2X e-commerce podcast. You're welcome to the show, Sophie. Thank you very much. Good stuff. Um, could you take um, a minute or, or two to, to introduce yourself to, 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 to listeners, please? Sure. So I live in New Zealand now, and I'd had a really interesting career working in startup companies in university tech transfer and more recently in the foreign service, so a little bit of private sector and then some government international business. And then having had two children and not really wanting to stay in the nine-to-five corporate world, I was looking for an opportunity to rent something online from home, but that would be a real scalable business rather than a hobby business. So that's what I started about two years ago. I um, I picked up on two things, really, um, the fact that you're a mother and scale it's a mindset thing. So I would sort of like to dig into how you you um, you just honed in on skill, um, given the fact that you wanted freedom. How did you did you have prior experience on non scalable businesses, and um, you hit a brick wall and then decided, okay, I, I would want a scalable business. Or did you always look at scale um, from the get go? Definitely scale was the number one consideration for every business model that I'd looked into, every product that I chose for that business once I'd established it. Mm -hmm. And just knew that when we live in New Zealand, there's only 4 million people here. So there's not really a big enough market to launch a big business. So that was the first choice, which market I'll go to the States, everyone's online. And then which marketplace are the most transactions happening and how can I outsource the logistics and warehousing and fulfillment because I can't do that myself? Mm-hmm. So I picked Amazon because 60% of all e-commerce transactions happen on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I've since then got my own Shopify stores and other platforms and things working. But from the beginning, it was all about uh, this needs to be automated. I want to have a lifestyle as well as a big business. So building the team, choosing the products and choosing the platform was all designed from the very, very beginning. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, with regards to, to Amazon, did you did you join any, did, were you self-taught or did you join any courses? Did you have any mentors to to learn the ropes um, on, on Amazon and, you know, importing and exporting? Because, you know, controlling a your your own mini empire from New Zealand and selling in in the US, the UK possibly, and New Zealand at the same time, you know, um, would have been challenging, you know, on your own. Uh, I'd just like to to find out more about um, how you you went about, you know, getting into to to selling on Amazon. Well, a friend who was already a successful Amazon seller actually 
uh, was giving up his day job to take on his Amazon business full time. And I'd been listening to his progress and thought I'd look into it more myself. I did a course, um, one of the big five or $6,000 ones, and it was certainly useful for some parts, but I listened to it and then promptly ignored everything that they taught. Mm-hmm. So they teach certain criteria and a model that you should go for in order to build an Amazon business. But I could just see that 20,000 people were following those same criteria, mm-hmm. were buying products that were really, really easy to replicate. Because they were saying it was so easy to source these products, you go on Alibaba, you buy something cheap in China, you ship it. The competitors who see you succeed are two or three clicks away from finding your supplier and placing an order for the same product, and they can undercut you by a dollar, and that market just becomes so saturated. Mm -hmm. So I listened to the course and then ignored the strategy. Some of the tactical parts of that course were useful, how to drive Amazon Seller Central, some tips around shipping, and um, there was some good content there. And some people have been very successful using the model taught on that course, but I did something completely different. So I don't operate in those same uh, product types as most Amazon sellers. So I've got products that are four or $500. Everything's premium. I think maybe only 10% of my products come out of China. And I'm sort of in a class of my own for most of the products that I sell. So totally different set of criteria. I wouldn't have... uh, wouldn't have passed the course if there'd been an exam at the end of the one I did. If I'd (laughs) followed all their advice, it would have been a fail, but it's actually been a really successful business. Yeah, I really like that, going against the tide and, um, you know, making it your own, which which is quite interesting. So what's been your your approach? So rather than going for the one product, you know, the the whole private label thing, um, what's been your approach? Have you sort of... um, gone into wholesale or are you still into the private label how did you sort of make it your own um, and if you could share some more detail sure so i do private label and uh, where most people do you know a quick logo and they might get something done on fiverr or get a bit of packaging tweaked i do the branding and the design in a big way so uh, new zealand is full of very talented designers we've got a really strong creative sector here mm-hmm. And a friend of mine actually did the packaging and the branding and the whole look and feel of the product for the first three products I launched. And then I realized this was the way I was going to continue. Mm. So I don't skimp or save at all on that front end designing the product. Mm. So I don't have a design background, but I really enjoy that creative process. And I really enjoy working with designers Mm. to know that there's a clear audience who will like that product if I can package it up right And then what I launch is completely unique and really hard to copy. So I'll change a lot of the different features of the product. And I don't do my research on Amazon looking for products that are already selling and then reverse engineering. I try and come up with something original, Hmm. but being confident that I know who the customers are that I want to connect with. Okay. And and then how do you go about marketing, well, a product that does not necessarily have... um demand or might not have demand it may have demand and you might be coming in with a higher quality product but how would you go about um you know promoting it and um you know getting eyeballs and interest initially within the amazon ecosystem or do you do promotion offline uh i do do some promotion offline now but i do also rely a lot on those ready shoppers that are already on amazon every day i think i'd probably still get about 80 percent of my success if i did only amazon 
and I'm now just boosting it by going onto other platforms. And I'm doing that more for my own learning as much as anything. I just want to future-proof the business and make sure I've got all the skills that you need to stay sharp in the world of e-commerce. Mm-hmm. But I build brands, so each product is part of a bigger plan. So nothing just turns up randomly. There's no orphan straggler products. They all are part of a bigger plan to sell to a clear audience. So part of my research is knowing that people will be able to find it. So that's searchability and the keyword research matters. Mm-hmm. And also being able to find large audiences for that for that product on other platforms is useful to know as well. Okay. Okay, let, let's track back to your to, to well to to the size of your business. So you started two years ago on Amazon. And, yeah, just uh, less than that. Yes, and and I rec- and you're, you're you're close to you. You turned over in the last financial year. How many? Mm-hmm. How much? Um, how, how many? How, how much dollars did you? Uh, over one and a half million. Okay. Yeah, actually, coming up for two million dollars now. Um, so in New Zealand dollars, when that comes back here, that's pretty good business. Right. So uh, I run everything from here, and from I make, yeah. So I'm at the kitchen table. <laughs> Uh, the only asset this company owns is a little laptop and I, um, yeah, I live really well. So we've got, uh, help with the childcare. I get to travel a lot. So one of the things that I do that most Amazon sellers don't do is really get stuck into that supply chain. So I went to China to meet one of my suppliers actually last year, but also went to Tibet and been all around Southeast Asia. I think I went to 20 countries last year. So I was actually working in a, day job as well for a nine-month contract during that time so some of the travel was through that government job but um, I really want to build a good relationship with the suppliers and see it as a long-term brand rather than just a flash in the pan one product wonder that might be in on trend for one season or um, untapped by other Amazon sellers for a short window but then it's gone and you're just back to competing on price with someone who's found your supplier and that supplier will generally have no qualms about selling the same product to another customer. Exactly, exactly. So it just gets you out in the class of your own. And that's what I'm helping other people do now through the coaching as well. Okay. okay. So I'm working with other Amazon sellers to help them come up with a better, stronger strategy that gives them a more sustainable business, okay. better margins and um, more resilient competition. Okay. Uh, I like that. Um, especially the longevity of, of your brand, you know, and I guess not, 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 I just don't guess it. It will sort of outlive Amazon. You could, you know, you could use Amazon as a proof of concept, for instance, and um, take it to a distributor offline and say, "Look, it's really doing well. There's a demand. Will you guys stock my products on your shelves?" You, you could potentially do that. Yeah, and I get inquiries from retailers interested mm-hmm. in stocking the products. But it's great when you don't live in the marketplace where you're selling the product because you can test the pricing and you can test the product features and things that you think are going to connect with customers but on Amazon you can do a really small order um, a few hundred units get the feedback from those initial customers and know whether you're onto a good thing and Amazon's brilliant Um, I mean it's just such a goliath in the world of e-commerce certainly wouldn't want to ignore it now but there are some skills and ways to drive it and get the most out of it that um, make some businesses profitable and others just, you know, churn through the stock but not make any money at the end of the day. Right, right, right. So, so how many SKUs do you have on, on your Amazon store at the, at the moment? 
Well, I've got a couple of stores now, so I've got uh, probably over 300 products, just over 300 at the moment, and a few more in the pipeline coming through soon. So the first product range was all launched about 18 months ago, and the new ones are um, completely different models. So the first ones I started on Amazon, I kind of only imagined I would be on Amazon. I was sort of still thinking quite narrowly at that stage. Mm -hmm. The second brand that I've just launched – is a premium organic tea, a uh, loose leaf tea. Mm-hmm. And I launched that as a brand, but launched it on Amazon. So this is a bit of an experimental one where I'm launching it on a few different channels. But just as luck would have it, somebody was out scouting for luxury brands to present to Oscar nominees this coming weekend in LA. And they've invited me to come and present this premium brand that I sell on Amazon at this gifting suite event in Hollywood this week. So that was a brand I launched on Amazon. So anyone thinking that Amazon's not the place for premium brands is uh, got some evidence there to suggest otherwise. Well, so you're, you're on your way to LA. Yeah, today I leave this afternoon. <laughs> That's a good time. For a flying visit for a week. Not bad, not bad at all. All, all down to a brand, to, to a higher tea brand. Okay. Yeah, okay, well, that that, was that's... images in the packaging. I mean, the person that selected me hadn't tasted the tea. They'd mm. seen the reviews, they'd seen the packaging, they'd seen how it was presented online and thought that was a classy looking product that would um, connect with celebrities, so... Yeah, fantastic opportunity. Absolutely, it circles back to your your eye eye to detail, eye on detail, and you know the the brand focus on a, on a brand. So, um, how old is your your new tea brand, um, Higher Tea? Um, late in two thousand and fifteen, that really got up and running. So okay. months, not even six months, probably less than six months. Okay, okay, and then your supply chain, I suppose, would be um. Well, um, Southeast Asia or, or all around the world. All around the yeah, world. Yeah, so this was one of the reasons I was really attracted to tea. So I love to travel. Okay. And even with young children where it's been quite hard to keep traveling like we used to, mm-hmm. I really love the idea of going out to – and also tea's just grown in the most beautiful, gorgeous places around the world. So I've got the black teas from Sri Lanka and the Darjeelings and Assam teas from India. I've got Japanese censures. I've got mm-hmm. um, all the um, – actually looking at some Vietnamese teas at the moment and Nepal we've got obviously China and then some really interesting um Tibetan products so all sorts from all around the world and the herbal teas get blended in small batches in the states Mm -hmm. but all the other products are packaged and put together wherever they're grown and produced and then they get shipped directly into Amazon and that's the model so I work with the suppliers to make sure we get the very best tea there's a lot of difference in the quality which tips of the leaves are picked for the tea and making sure it's all loose leaf not tea bags mm-hmm. and so I really the top top tea quality that you can get and I'm making sure I'm dealing with organic certified suppliers mm-hmm. and not all countries have a fair trade equivalent or scheme but uh where there is that I'll push you set that your standards up. okay yeah yeah okay um yeah this is a lot to, to take in how do you manage these many countries? Yeah, how yeah how how do you manage the, the logistics involved in you know packaging across you know several countries, you know establishing your brand, making sure the the packages are there in, in the countries they they might since they're already tea markets. I'm quite sure they'd have quite sophisticated you know um well packaging local economy there. Um, but but how do you manage communications? Is it 
how do you do it? You know, you're, you're probably working with them um, over seven countries, seven to 10 yeah. countries. So many countries. Mm-hmm. So I get all the packaging printed in one factory and their minimum print run for each type of pouch is 10,000 units. So when I started the tea and I knew I was going to be investing in the packaging and the branding, that was quite a big hit up front for the initial investment. So we looked at doing stickers and putting those on manually because then we could do smaller runs, but we just knew it was going to go well. And we just backed ourselves that this was going to be a product that would connect. We did a little bit of testing and then just placed those orders for the packaging. So the packaging's we've got lots and lots of packaging Mm -hmm. and that doesn't go off, but then we ship the packaging to where the tea's grown, Mm -hmm. make sure that they, as well as having organic tea growing, that they're also certified for all the packaging and handling of the product. Mm -hmm. So then it's filled and sealed, vacuum sealed on site. And then it's either air flown or sea shipped into Amazon's warehouses. And then we obviously have a best before date uh, where the tea's in its prime, but it's actually a much longer shelf life than coffee or a lot of other dry products. So we we like to sell it within six months if we can, okay. but we've got track of all that through Amazon's inventory management. And I have a girl who works with me who I've never even met in person. I'm going to meet her tonight in the States. Uh, So she's based in the US. She lives in Virginia. She's been working for me full time for a while now, just remotely. And she wangles all the logistics of what next door do we need to place with which suppliers. So we keep tabs on which products are selling well and the lead time for different products can vary. So there's a bit of a juggling act, but she's more organized than I am, that's for sure. So (laughs) I rely a lot on her. And um, yeah, once we start getting more into retail, we'll be placing bigger orders and the volumes go up again. But at the moment, we're mainly just fulfilling the demand from Amazon. Mm. And then on our Shopify stores, we have it set up so Amazon ships all that stock too Mm. and does the warehousing. So it's as outsourced as it could ever be. And if I'd started with just five or so teas, it would have been a bit easier. But we went out pretty big with, I think we had 80 in our initial launch. Yeah. So I'd been to visit the suppliers. I was happy with the products and knew that we'd be able to find. And a lot of them are herbal teas with therapeutic benefits. So there's ones like a breastfeeding tea for nursing mothers. Yeah. So they, um, if they want to boost their milk supply, there's a really good tea with fennel and fenugreek and other herbs that support breastfeeding. That's useful. And so, yeah, so we know there's demand there. We know that these people are online. We know that they shop on Amazon. They're stuck at home with a baby and going to the shops is hard. They're perfect for online orders. They've got a pain point. We've got a solution. It's going to be a great product. Yeah, it's evergreen um, too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So easy to find on Facebook targeting. You can see who's pregnant, see who's a new mum, see who's joined different Laleshle League breastfeeding Facebook interests. Yeah. All those things really stack up for a strong business. Okay. And that's one of the products that's just launched and going well. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Well done on this, on your progress over the last two years, I have to say. I have a question. Your previous, well, the, the author, the first business, which is still ongoing and doing very well, by the way, mm-hmm. um, at 1.5 in the last 12 months, that first business... Um, were the products you sold edibles um, no. like, like this one? They were not. Okay. Completely unrelated. And among those two or 300 on that account, mm-hmm. there is the most random hodgepodge looking list of products. If you saw them together, you wouldn't know that it's the same business. 
but I know I'm selling to a particular type of demographic. I know exactly who my customer is and all these different products look unrelated, but they are sold to the same exact type of person. So I know how to connect to that customer now. Okay. Are you your customer? Uh, A little bit, a little bit. Um, On some levels I am. And then on others, I just sort of know exactly who they are and what makes them tick. And um, definitely got my eye enough for their lifestyle and their interests. And so I've got about five different brands. I didn't um, trademark all of them. I've trademarked probably three or four now, Um, but invested in a decent website. Sometimes um, it's a Shopify store. Sometimes it's just a placeholder page that the the sale would make be would be done through Amazon. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I've got about five brands that look a little bit unrelated, but they probably sell to a pretty similar sort of person. Okay. On you know in in the Amazon scene, uh, you know everybody everybody talks about revenue. Oh, I did mm-hmm. ten million. I did five million. But no one really talks about net profit or gross profit for the first business. Um, what kind of margins are you looking at? Um, from a gross and a net margin standpoint so i use a kind of a rule of thirds for most of my amazon products so the way the amazon fees work which includes them shipping the product to the customer and all the packing and picking and packing and handling and their fee for the sale being on their platform that works out to be about a third Mm -hmm. and then i try to make sure that there's at least a third margin Mm -hmm. and then it's about a third goes into the product and inbound shipping so that's pretty approximate and some products is a lot better than that and then sometimes those numbers really shift around the difference between air express shipping or sea shipping once you get a bit bigger Mm -hmm. so as long as the numbers work for air express shipping numbers then when it goes to sea shipping when it scales up then it's going to be better again and then i have very few overheads so i've got a few virtual staff working for me full-time or part-time Oh, full-time. Yeah. So I've got um, a team of three full-timers and then a few technical experts that get sort of drafted in for specific jobs as needed. So what do they do? Uh, So I have one uh, in the States, one in Canada. Uh, They do Amazon, the Amazon actual side of things and the customer service. service. Yeah. It's not too much customer service. I don't choose products that need a lot of follow-up generally. and make sure that all the information they need about the products in with it and just do the basics right so there's some crazy things out in the world of amazon you know people selling everything imaginable to try and get people to boost their products and fiddle the system or game it at Mm -hmm. best and black cat tactics at worst but i just do the basics really well so we do really good copywriting i still do all that myself okay i do all the product sourcing and then i hand it over to my lady in canada and she does all the um, detailed setup on Amazon and make sure we run a really smooth launch process each time okay. and that we've got good images up and that's a really important part just the psychology of those thumbnail images and mm. um, so getting those right can make a really big difference and um, then some keyword research and then I've got another another New Zealander actually who works full-time as well he's off traveling around the world uh, so he works remotely and he does all the more technical side of things so when it's time for a Facebook store or if I've written some emails for an email marketing sequence, he'll plug all the Aweber okay. and the landing pages and I'll um, work with him on any Facebook campaigns as well. Okay. So one thing we don't do a lot of is social media marketing. So that's probably the next push. is um, brand. Yeah, we do very little. And 
I was working until the end of last year. So now we're in February and um, had about four months clear having finished the day job. So we had a nice summer holidays here in New Zealand. So opposite season. So we've just had a nice relaxing summer holiday with the family. And now um, probably time to push on and get this whole social media game sustain interaction. Right. That's got huge potential for these consumer products I sell. Yes. The the other question I had, um, or I have actually, is in regards to your change in approach to the publicity of what you do. So again, most Amazon sellers will not um, reveal their niche, quote, quote and unquote, or their products. You know, um, yeah. I'm just talking about my product, my product. So yeah. that's been kind of like the direction of the first product, which is, you know, quite niche Amazon stuff. However, yeah. you know, to, to a very, very, very targeted, you know, premium demographic in the yeah. States. How did you sort of shift your mindset from from that perspective to actually building a brand and being bold and you know coming on, you know, to the Oscars? You can't get as bold as that. Yeah, it's pretty, to, to pretty high profile. And exactly, and at the yeah. same time, you're still utilizing Amazon as a primary distribution channel for now. I know it's probably yeah. going to be a springboard to it is going to be a springboard to to um, to to retail. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so yeah, how did you sort of? get that mindset shift are you sort of is is amazon um volatile as a platform is is that why and did you want to build a brand that's you know independent from amazon oh there's a lot of questions in there so what i feel about amazon is that it's a fantastic fantastic platform and it makes launching really easy Mm. and depending on your product it makes copying really easy as well because everybody else can see where you're ranked everyone can see your price Everyone can find your product on on Alibaba if it comes from somewhere that's easy to copy. Mm. So if someone can find your supplier or a su- supplier of a similar product, and there's people out there just trawling for opportunities for Amazon products, I think that makes me a bit nervous to sleep at night that business could just be undercut by someone with a few hours research, could find my product, find reverse engineer my entire supply chain and undercut on price. So I like to choose products with much higher barriers to entry. I love it if I can only order it by the container load or, you know, you've got to print 10,000 pouches or whatever it might be, Um, something that makes it hard to copy. And I just don't think it's a viable long-term business. If someone can see what your product is and copy it, then it's not really a sustainable, scalable business. You're always going to just be worried about someone chasing you. So all of business is always competitive, but I just think a lot of the products that a lot of Amazon sellers choose are really easy to reverse engineer, mm-hmm. especially if they've done that same course and everyone's looking for the same products in the first place. And the beauty is, obviously, you don't need a lot of capital to get started and there's other big benefits, but there's also not such big returns either because your advantage will be eroded if you're successful. Someone will be watching you and copying you. Whereas going deeper into the branding and going down different platforms and different channels all at the same time gives you a much harder to replicate business model. So if somebody, it's a bit like when entrepreneurs turn up and won't tell the investor about their idea because they might copy it. Well, if somebody can copy it from hearing the idea in 30 seconds, it's not going to be much of a business. It's It's how you implement and execute and the competitive advantage you've got. So I do one-on-one coaching with quite a lot of Amazon sellers sort of recovering Amazoners who picked, you know, a vegetable spiralizer or something or vitamin C serum and died (laughs) and work with them to come up with a much smarter strategy, something where they're selling a product where they've got an unfair advantage 
and won't be as easy to copy and that they'd be proud of rather than just some plastic tap they import and make a bit of a margin on. It's, you know, a business that you can see has a longer life cycle than just this year's whatever it may be. So I don't do seasonal or faddish products. They're all products that I think people will really enjoy owning and want to come back for more, which is a quite different mindset to some of the sort of just cheap high turnover consumer stuff that gets sold on Amazon. Yeah. But I really rate Amazon as a platform. I don't think it could be going anywhere soon. Um, but they can obviously see there's a lot of private label sellers making a lot of money on Amazon. And they could pretty easily, you know, fill that middle part of the supply chain themselves. They could have a team of people sourcing, they're getting into shipping lines, they're nosing around China, looking at factories there. I mean, I wouldn't want to have all my eggs in one basket there. Absolutely. This is a good move to make um, right now at, at this point in time. So um, besides Amazon, are you looking at other marketplaces um, like Jets.com? Um, at the moment, I've got Amazon.com and Amazon all through Europe for most of my products. Okay. And then the next thing I did was um, some of my products I put on eBay, actually, and they sold quite well there. And also some are eligible to go on Etsy. Oh, wow. So I've got a few other sales just ticking along quietly there. And I don't send any traffic there or, you know, they're optimized listings, but I don't focus on it too much. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I did was Shopify stores. So they're set up. It's good placeholders, but again, I'm not driving much traffic there. They're more future-proofing and, um, you know, I just, I couldn't, the um, the best domain for higher tea wasn't available. So I've just got higher-t.com and it's just there for a placeholder as much as anything. But if something changed in the landscape or um, if the social media thing really takes off and I can send a lot of traffic there directly, I'm still really happy to pay Amazon the fees for shipping and the handling, but I might get the sale to go through the website in the future. Okay. But we'll see. It might be that it's better to get the sales on Amazon and it helps your ranking there and then you are more discoverable by other new customers on Amazon. Right. So there's a bit of a trade-off. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the um, cost of the sales doesn't vary massively. So even though you save a little bit um, on a sale on your own website, Amazon then charges a bit more for the shipping. It all kind of washes up about right. But the big joy of your own website is you get that customer list, which I can never get from Amazon, which is one of the biggest drawbacks. Mm. So I can send an automated series of a handful of emails after a sale, but I can't go out and do marketing or retarget that list or do anything with those current customers. And there's been hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them have bought products from me and I don't know them. It's really annoying. So that's one of the big limitations of Amazon for yeah, and, and um, the the beauty about the tea business, it's a replenishable, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you have some sort of subscription layer on the Shopify site, then um, yeah, you can predict revenue, you know, recurring revenue over time with their yeah. email addresses to remarket to them again. So yeah, I actually originally thought I would set up the tea as a subscription business. Mm. I'd actually had my Amazon business value just out of interest. Um, I was pretty happy with the numbers and I said, so what affects that variable, you know, on the multiplier for your net profit? Mm-hmm. And the guy said, oh, it's, you know, two or three, but, you know, if it was a subscription, then times, you know, 12 or something, it can't remember the exact numbers, but it was such a big difference to the valuation of the business for a subscription business. The multiplier for a subscription business is 10, 10 or 12. Something like that, yeah. Wow. It was such a huge difference because of that guaranteed future cash flow. Well, I had Jameson Rob- Robinson on the show um, a couple of episodes ago. He 
He's um, a marketing manager for Create Joy, their subscription oh, wow, platform yeah. similar to um, to Shopify. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's an ex-founder of Conscious Box in, in the States. Oh, really? Um, yeah. He, he um, departed from, from their board. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's, right he's a serial subscription commerce guy. Yeah, I'm doing a joint venture with some other guys actually as as a um, subscription business, mm. which um, we'll do partly through Amazon and partly through Shopify. For, um, for what kind yes, of uh, completely unrelated to my own again, and something <laughs> that one of the other guys has a list. I knew how to do the physical product side, and the other guy knew knew about traffic and conversion. So it seemed like a dream team. So we're going to give that a go. Absolutely. Um, so I'm doing a few different things now. So the core Amazon business, I could pretty much run in four hours a week, if not less, I think. Tim Ferriss would be very proud of this. <laughs> he was the inspiration behind this whole lifestyle thing. So I easily could do the Amazon business in four hours a week. And now I'm doing one-on-one coaching with Amazon sellers and also helping other companies get their products up and optimized on Amazon. So exporters you know, who are new to importing into the States mm-hmm. And yeah, so the joint venture is the subscription business and a few other bits and pieces. And then the T is just going to be a whole new learning curve with I mean, next week. I'm going to well, tomorrow. I'll um, be discovering the world of celebrity endorsements and um, reality TV stars. I mean, this is a million miles from rural New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> so I will be partnering up there. It's fair to say I won't be trying to do that stuff on my own. Um, but the thing I really like is finding new products and understanding who wants them and getting that match. And then the platforms and the operational side, I'll get other people to help me on that. And the social media thing is just a bit of a project to get into this year. Um, just a, kind of as a placeholder so far just to dabble. And I've got pretty good at Facebook ads, but um, probably time now to build the brand using social media and Instagram and um leveraging through other people's access to future customers so that'll be a fun next phase sounds good sounds good from from your accent you sound you sound british english um you yeah. live in new zealand and then you sell in the states and you get in celebrity endorsements and then i buy the products from every other country you buy, you buy so. the, you're truly yeah. global you're truly some good air points this year <laughs> yeah every flight from new zealand starts with a 12-hour flight and then yes. you go somewhere <laughs> So, yeah, it's a lovely place to live. Um, Really love having our children here and a great lifestyle. And, um, I mean, all the really value-added bits of the business, like the design, that all gets done here. Mm -hmm. So that's really good. And just use the best of both worlds, the design and the flexibility and the lifestyle of New Zealand, and then using the world of e-commerce to connect to the customers who are in the big marketplaces. So. Absolutely, it's, it's pretty neat. It's working yeah. so far. Absolutely, absolutely. It's down to your to, to, to your mindset, really, and um, your approach to scale. Which, yeah. So uh, I haven't had to borrow money to do this as well, which was good. So my first Amazon product was just a roaring success, despite not meeting any of the criteria of the course, and reinvested all the pro- profits from that. So the whole thing's bootstrapped. So when it came to starting the tea, I had that, you know slightly deeper pockets to draw on than you would normally starting up a business. Mm-hmm. So it's all self-funded and that's been fun and no business partners or investors. Um, so as well as the diluting the returns from the business, mm-hmm. it's really nice just making decisions on my own and moving really fast and not really answering to anyone. I mean, I do all my work at funny times of day. I've got children that are up all night and up early for the States and then staying up late for, the, for Asia and, pretty bonkers the way the day gets stitched together but it means i get in the middle of the day with the children 
and somebody somewhere owes me two years of sleep. <laughs> but I've been feeling great. I've had so much more energy and enthusiasm for this than any job I've ever done as an employee, and I've had some pretty awesome jobs, so I feel a bit spoiled. You're building something, so I can't imagine. I can't imagine. With regards to the the tea business now, um, higher tea, what kind of – you've been in business for about six months now. Is, is that right? Um, yeah. So, so what kind of revenues do, do, you, do you have? Have you seen there? Or have you? Small early days. So I started the whole sort of supply side six months ago. So it's only really just launching now. So I'm amazed at this company that was scouting for the Oscars found us so easily. So the detox teas um, been doing really well. So I'm actually a naturopath as well. So they're all herbal blends. Yeah. And so that I could see on Amazon that that was selling well for some other brands. Um, and so I thought that would be a good product. Um, but also that really fits in with the kind of consumers I sell to. Yeah. And then did a whole range of other teas, but there was a lot of work on the packaging and the supply chain and going to meet the suppliers before it's been in stock. So um, it's just starting to ramp up on Amazon now. and We've got everything on com, and okay. we'll see what happens after this Oscars publicity. So. Okay. And I've just been getting, I've been doing quite a lot of guest blog posts for some of the big kind of yoga groups and you know, pages with more than a million Facebook followers. Okay. Reading an article today that I wrote about tea detoxes, for example. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get the word out there about my brand, um, but there's only so much I can humanly do myself. So the next phase will probably look a little bit different from the last six months, I think. Right. Right. I'm I'm on the the website and I like how pre- it, it's it's presented in a wooden plate um and um a spoon I don't know that's a plate uh, not in bamboo dishes in, yeah in, in tea yeah bamboo dish yeah so um is is this all deliberate in terms of the the presentation does it really come in, in, in on a bamboo dish or um um so the pouches um you'll see images of the pouches yes. so they've got this really arty. Um, fine art watercolour botanical print is the backdrop and then this modern pop of colour and really contemporary beautiful Pantone colours and really modern font so we you know, we paid a lot for really good font and typography and then that design was all done in New Zealand there's just little details like the bottom of the pouch has got that red gusset underneath and um, it's really high grade foil so it keeps the freshness in um, so that packaging's had a lot of thought and effort gone into it and then we've got different colours so all the health teas are red the black classic teas are the same design but black with a different um, part of the tea plant art in the background. And then we've got the green teas are all in different greens. We've got some really good oolong teas and censure and gunpowder green teas. Jasmine teas are really good. And then we've got blended teas are all orange, like the chai teas. And then we've got, what are the ones? Purple. So all the, the fruity teas are all the purple. There's lots of berries and pomegranate and uh, passion fruit and berry teas as well which aren't to my personal taste i prefer my teas to either be a good strong black tea or a really clean green tea but i know the u.s market quite likes the fruity ones so we've done a few of those mm-hmm. and then for example at this oscars thing i think everybody at this event will have you know a lot of commercial products and there'll be a lot of stuff whereas a lot of my philosophies around owning less stuff and being more mindful and smaller number of higher quality things in your life and so people will actually sit down and have an experience when they get to our booth they'll sit down and get poured a really lovely cup of tea and they'll obviously get to take some away with them but it won't be sort of really consumery and I went to Tibet and bought these beautiful antique silver teapots 
and I've got these gorgeous little copper dishes, uh, which I'll put the dry tea in so people can smell and hold and feel the tea before we pour pour them a cup so they can choose the one that they like the smell of most or the most interested in. So it's quite a lot of sort of matching teas to lifestyles, which is quite fun. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people struggle with stress or sleep or anxiety, and there's really good teas for that. And then others want to do weight loss or detox. We've got teas for that. And then there's the um, kind of the green tea is just a, you know, a better alternative to coffee for a lot of people. So if you get the coffee jitters or mm-hmm. just, you know, spending too long in Starbucks in your week and too much money, having a really good green tea is such a healthy habit. I'm so it's actually having one right now. Oh, are you? I should have sent you one. <laughs> I don't think I've got any of mine yet. Um, uh, so green tea is just it burns energy and sustains your metabolism in a different way to coffee. You don't get that boom and crash yes, like you exactly. do with it's much steadier energy release throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just such an easy thing to drink. It takes a little bit of getting used to. I didn't used to drink a lot of green tea, but now it's sort of my substitute for water. Mm-hmm. But tea can just be so healthy if it's an instead of a sugary drink or a fizzy drink or a or a dairy. You know, there's a lot of people trying to do clean eating and sugar-free and tea is a really good way to enjoy the drink itself. And also there's a bit of an appetite suppressant effect if you're drinking it before a meal. So there's a um, big market out there for people looking for easy daily habits that can make a big change to the bottom line of their life, whether it's weight or stress or um, even financial. So Market, Lots of benefits. Uh, the market seems huge. Um, I'm just yeah. on your your um, on the Amazon store. Well, I just searched mm-hmm. on Amazon, and um, the the detox tea popped up with a, with 295 reviews already. Yeah, that is that is significant. Yeah, yeah. So really we did a, a Facebook ad campaign okay. uh, to get some traffic to that listing. Okay. Um, and we've also had quite a bit of publicity in the last week or so since this Oscars thing was announced. So that's been good. Mm-hmm. Um, so the detox tea is our bestseller. Um, I think our best tea is probably one of the oolongs, which are kind of a partly oxidized um, green tea. And they're really, really premium teas. So the ones we get are from Taiwan, a Formosa oolong. Okay. So I think that's probably our best tea for the real tea aficionados. Gotcha. And in a tasting, that one always comes out on top. But Less people search for that on Amazon, so it won't do quite as well short term. But, but we can include samples it. and do all sorts. We've yes. got all sorts of ways to get the message out there about what else you might enjoy. If you like this, you might like that. Yes. Um, mm. It's quite fun. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Um, right. Um, for Amazon listeners or you know Amazon seller listeners, um, both newbies and established um, you know um, sellers. Is there any other thing you want to sort of, any other tip you, you want to give them um, before we start out our lightning round? Um, well, I do sell a course. Uh, so Let's talk about course. your consulting. Yeah, yeah, I sell it in two models. So I've got an online course, which people would self-study. It's pre-recorded videos. So you'd access eight modules that teach you my mindset and my approach to choosing an Amazon product, which is very different from all the other big courses out there. So a little bit how we've been talking today, just the branding, the premium end, the margins, the sustainability of it, something where you've got an unfair advantage Mm -hmm. and something that you're going to be proud of and interested in and actually understand the customer as well. So that's the self-taught option. And the other one, so I launched them both at the same time and I get nearly everybody wants one-on-one coaching. So I'm almost at capacity for being able to take on more people for that. 
So I've got people all around the world. I've got people in Canada, Hawaii, New Zealand, the States, Britain, everywhere in between. I think everywhere that speaks English. Um, so I'm working one-on-one with people as well um, because the really tricky part of an Amazon business isn't the how to drive the platform. It's how to choose a good product and come up with a game plan. Mm-hmm. So the difference between the online course and the one-on-one coaching is the online course, you kind of learn how Amazon works and a good way to think about your Amazon business. And then I'm going to offer two one-on-one calls with everybody doing the online course. So it's not completely on your own. You do most of it as self-study. But then there's a consultation with me around the product you're thinking you might go for. And then another one at the end of the course on how you might go on to promote that more in a more sophisticated way beyond just Amazon. And then with the one-on-one, it's all with me, apart from one session on ads, which is with my pay-per-click guy who does that all day, every day, and can teach it better than I can. So it's a done-for-you service, basically. I'll do the copy and and we'll do the images and treat those coaching clients' products as if they're ours. Like they'll go into our stable and get looked after like we look after our own products. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you our products get looked after very well. Mm -hmm. So that would be sort of ongoing promotion and learning all the ropes, but also it's tailored for whatever your background is or where you start off with this business. So if you're a recovering uh, Amazon seller who's been burned or brand new to it or brand new to e-commerce then we teach the whole lot mm-hmm. and obviously those coaching students get access to the online course as well so that's run through aspiringentrepreneurs.org um, aspiringentrepreneurs.org aspiring we'll, we'll link to it in, in the show notes I just let me check yeah it. so that um, that's really where I've uh, crystallized my thinking and got it all codified in a course and then the coaching is much more free range where do you want to go and it's much more about people's values and their lifestyle and circumstances and where they are now and where they want to be so if they want to be replacing their income they don't want to choose one product that costs two dollars from china you know you need to come up with a much stronger business plan than that whereas if somebody just wants to dabble in it as a learning experience and top up their income and see where it takes them and are relaxed about the time frames, then all, all sorts of other products and ideas are possible. You will get a lot of inquiries um, through after this show from listeners. Well, I hope so. <laughs> Can't do anyone else in the UK. The time zone is killing me. Twelve, we're 13 hours apart at the moment. So Fun, either- funny, funny enough, um, my um, 60% of the audience is based in the States. Um, oh, good. 30 is... Um, is, is is the UK, yeah, and yeah. Um, the remaining ten is just um, a long tail across the um, the, the world. So yeah, interesting. it's interesting running the Facebook ads. So I sent the same ad to all those markets at the same time. So I did one video, and then it went to the US, Europe, uh, all around Europe, Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. Mm-hmm. And the Australians and New Zealanders had a far far higher click-through rate in the brits and then not so many from the states and canada and then i separated the video marketing out and did one where i spoke much slower and things went a bit better <laughs> in the u.s <laughs> yeah, yeah in canada so i kind of okay. go a bit fast at everything including talking so hopefully your listeners got most of this <laughs> yes, yes we'll, we'll try to slow it down um yes um mike if you can listen he's he's the audio guy he'd um he'll help us <laughs> Slow <laughs> down a bit. He's based in New York, so um, yeah, it's a good thing. Okay, right. So, so with the, with regards to your course, it, it's an evergreen course. It, it doesn't launch at a particular time. I we could just it's on demand. Is is that correct? On or, demand. Okay, yeah. Right, cool. Yeah, and that's the beauty of Amazon. You can start anytime. You can start slow, 
and you can start learning about it at any time as well. So the big course, Amazing Selling Machine, that I think 20,000 people have been through it now, that opens as big waves. You know, they do two big launches a year. Scarcity. Um, psychology yeah, scarcity. yeah. So they sell a lot of spots on that. Mm-hmm. And I did think about whether I'd build a list and, you know, do the affiliate thing with them because they do a very generous affiliate package mm-hmm. for referrals. Um, but I actually think the strategy I've been using is so different from theirs. It's worth packaging up as a separate product. Yeah. And um, you also don't get any one-on-one time through those other big courses. So I think the interest I've had so far has been demand for the one-on-one advice around the business strategy. Like people are putting their life savings in or, you know, there's a lot of commitment on their part to see it succeed in a lot of place times. And I just didn't feel comfortable that you could do that on another course and not get anyone to check the product idea or there might be some major pitfall with it and you just don't get any feedback on your product individually. Mm. So I think before, if people are going to go big, they really want a second opinion or some peace of mind that it makes sense. Mm. So um, a lot of the course is sort of in three parts when I do the coaching. One's around the mindset and the game plan and what people want out of it. So what's the lifestyle benefit that they'll get when they do this coaching? Mm. And if they're successful in their business, what is it? Mm. So that they start with the end in mind and have a plan that has all the steps that gets them to that end point that they're looking for. And then the middle part is where my Amazon itself expertise comes in. So that's the copywriting, the um, launch and the promotion on Amazon um, to get it up and selling and all the bits, you know, how to set up shipments and all the instructions for suppliers around packaging and all that stuff, making sure that that's done right. And then the last piece really depends on where people's plans wanted to, where they wanted to go with their businesses. So for some people, they'll just want to launch more products on Amazon um, under that same brand. And others, they might be ready to take on, you know, more aggressive marketing on other channels. They might be keen to do Shopify stores or get onto social media in a big way or look at partnering. There's all sorts of things possible. Um, so once they've got the basics and got their product selling and they'll get sales within those eight weeks when we start, then by the end of that course, um, they know what they they know everything they need to know themselves and then they know where they can head next. Yeah. And then we'll have some sort of ongoing access to the group. So we've got a Facebook page, just a closed one. And then there'll be some kind of light version of coaching if people want to stay in touch and keep that, um, whether it's for accountability or to stay current or just to keep getting pushed along harder than they'd push themselves with new ideas or somebody challenging them. So I actually have my own coach as well for the coaching business. So I've got an NLP practitioner qualification. So I'm actually interested in coaching and I've coached other people before and been a manager before, but... I thought teaching something as technical as Amazon as a product would be worth getting help, how I would be the best coach I could be. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously an hours for dollars model, um, which means that if I'm going to do it, I want to be doing really good quality hours. So um, I'm working with someone someone who's helping me over the next six months to, you know, package things up, um, make sure I do it, you know, best practice. Mm -hmm. 
it all sounds so good. I'm I'm glad to to have you you know on the show. I didn't know I didn't think it would be this good um, in terms of the insights <laughs> and, and, and things. You know, Thank um, you. I'm just looking at um, your your website again. Attention to detail on on the logo. Even the aspiring entrepreneurs are coaching bit. There's still you know that bit of detail. You know on yeah. um, on on the brand in there. Yeah. Those, so aspiring entrepreneurs. We've just bought a second home in the South Island of New Zealand. So we live in Wellington now, which is the capital, because my mm. husband's working for government, and I was working for government last year. You've um, quit. Uh, I've quit, mm. and his plan um, is well. We're actually going to Bali for three months in the middle of this year, from July. Okay. The business can up sticks and move with my laptop and my hand luggage. Um, <laughs> but we've bought a house in Wanaka which is in the South Island of New Zealand, and our son starts school at the beginning of next year. Okay. So we wanted to live wherever we could. And of all the places in the world, that's a beautiful town in the mountains in the Southern Alps. It's got a beautiful lake. They have gorgeous hot summers. There's skiing and mountain biking and these amazing schools. Yeah. And so we thought, well, why don't we go and live there? So the big mountain there is Mount Aspiring. And then okay. we thought Aspiring Entrepreneurs would be a good name. Oh, lovely, lovely. Coaching and consulting side. Right. Can, can I ask, why did you move? To, where, where did you live when you were in the UK? Northumberland. Northumberland. And then I went to school in Scotland and okay. university in Scotland as well. So, so what took you to, to New Zealand? Did you marry Kiwi or? Uh, I have married a Kiwi since okay. I moved, but okay. I was at Glasgow University doing Masters in Genetics and they did an exchange programme for one year. So I went to Otago University in the South Island of New Zealand for my fourth year. Okay. And absolutely loved it. So, I've, you know, <laughs> A country girl and um always had horses and things and so I really liked the lifestyle that's possible in New Zealand that is so expensive in the UK mm. and then thought I might end up settling down in New Zealand I had to do um a fifth year of university back in Glasgow um and then just moved straight back to New Zealand at the end of that year and didn't have a job or anything lined up just thought this would be a good place to be based but since then my parents have actually moved over as well which is oh, very wow. handy <laughs> My brother's over here as well, but my sister's still in the UK. Okay. Um, so I just think the lifestyle here is fabulous. It's just so easy and so good. And and apart from the long flights, it's a doddle. <laughs> just life is well, really you, easy. Yeah, you can't have it all. In, yeah, you, you can't. Yeah, you, you pay the price. It's a lovely place. It just sounds, and you sound relaxed, you know, right there from, and from your lifestyle. It just is amazing. Okay, right. Um, one more question with regards to Amazon. Um, mm -hmm. The... You have two businesses now running on Amazon. Yeah. What about Amazon's policy with regards to um, accounts, you know, having two accounts? Do, do you still have them under one business entity or do you just have two separate entities? And, no, um, I asked for permission and they asked for a business reason. And okay. I said, um, in my case, I said it would have been confusing for customers uh, to see one product against the other. So, um they're not competing and there's some very clear rules from Amazon that you're not allowed to sell the same product on more than one account. And so they're happy that when I ring Amazon seller central, I think I go through to a special hotline now because they always answer and say, wow, your metrics are stellar. And I don't do anything very fancy. I just do all the basics really well, really good customer service and really good quality products, but they really look after me. So when I said, like, I want to launch this other business, I might sell it as a separate brand in the future. It's much neater for my accounting and you know running the two businesses as separate product businesses and separate brands if i could separate these out and it would confuse customers because they're so different would it be possible to have a second account and they're very nice to me and they said yes that's fine and um, so i can't use the same email address to log in i have to have separate bank accounts and separate credit cards but that's all fine 
Gotcha. And yeah, so two accounts is okay if you've got a good business reason and they like you and they see that you're not fiddling the system. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people fiddling Amazon, which is pretty boring. <laughs> so buying reviews or just doing ridiculous promotions offline so they get that sales ranking, but it all drops away pretty quick and you're pretty sure that Amazon's watching them. They might not penalize them visibly, but be doing something in the background or just watching and waiting until they've got enough. So they did a big cleanup of all the people selling reviews on Fiverr. Mm-hmm. And then um, they did something else recently as well. Well, they're just tightening up really long copy in the listings and a few other things like that. Yeah. It kind of uh, reminds me of Black Hat and, you know, an SEO. It eventually yeah, comes back to, to bite you, so... Yeah, and your whole business is on the line and it should just be built on good business practice. So I see so many people who, you know, are talking about their top line of sales, but I know for a fact what their product costs, what it sells for, and I know how many they're giving away and they're in the red on those businesses, even though they're talking a big game about the top line, it's actually the bottom line that matters. And I've got a kind of a business background prior to this. So when I do the coaching, we're all about the bottom line. So I've done an MBA and done all these startup companies and... Yes, to to be profitable, not just busy. Yeah, perhaps you could um, come around, you know, um, sometime this year for a webinar. You know, um, we could just, you know, host a joint venture webinar. Um, yeah. Just for for pure education for for you know to 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 my audience, and you know, um, you could you know pick up a few students from from there. We'll talk yeah. about it after after the show. Okay, let's yeah. head over to the lightning round. Um, I'm just going to ask you five questions, and sure. um if you could answer them in a question in, in a sentence or maximum two, it would be brilliant. Okay. okay. Let's start it. One, two, three, go. How do you hire people? Give them a two week trial. And if I like them, keep them. Good. What are your three indispensable tools for managing higher tea? Uh, my laptop, uh, Skype and, um, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's been your best mistake to date? By that, I mean a setback that's giving you the biggest feedback. Um, I didn't do the branding well enough at the beginning, so it cost me a lot to repackage and redo the look and feel of a whole line of products. Okay. okay. Very slow and boring. <laughs> Expensive. Yes, indeed. Okay. What one piece of advice can you give to e-tailers looking to 10x their sales on, on Amazon? Oh, that's hard. Um, you need to go for a big brand of your own, a big market, and be prepared to work like a demon. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably could, couldn't could do that bootstrapping it. You might need to partner up or get investors to do that, I think, to get uh, out the blocks that fast. I couldn't do it. I couldn't work any harder or faster than I am, and I couldn't achieve 10x, I don't think. If you could choose a single book or resource that's made the highest impact on how you view building a business and growth, which would it be? Tim Ferriss, 4-Hour Workweek. Absolute legend. Yeah, just love his podcasts now as well as the book. So much high-quality stuff there. Yeah, it's original thought. So refreshing. Absolutely and um, excellent. Okay, right. So thank you so much, Sophie, for, you know, um, just given so much um to the show and um thanks to everyone listening um for sticking to the very end of today's show and um finally i hope you found sophie's insights on selling on amazon and building a brand a long-lasting brand inspiring and you've picked up some tactics check out aspiringentrepreneurs.org 
And um, the key thing really, guys, is to take action. Even if it's just one thing you learned in this show today, just, you know, take action to move the needle. To download the full show notes and transcripts, head over to 2xecommerce.com. And for updates and tips on how to grow your store, be sure to sign up to our email list. Until the next show, guys, do, do have a fantastic one. It's 2 xecommerce Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X E-Commerce. To help you get more actionable insights and e-commerce growth hacks that will help you 2X your online retail business, hop over to 2xecommerce.com. It's a blog dedicated to e-commerce and multi-channel marketing run by the show's host, Kunle Campbell. 2xecommerce.com is packed full of articles and guides to help increase traffic to your store, increase repeat purchases, and average order value. Thanks for listening. Visit 2xecommerce.com. Wow.